Greetings, fellow humankind. Welcome to the Frontline Forward podcast. We are podcast number three uh, in this whole uh, endeavor. Uh, I'm your host, Brian Stevens, along with my faithful sidekick, Ron Sonoda, that you'll, you'll see in and out of the camera here. Uh, podcast number three, I, uh, you know, it's just, it's gone by so fast. Um, I can't believe that we're here, but the, the Frontline Forward podcast, uh, in conjunction with COVID Health and covidhealth.ca, uh, was put together for us to tell stories. Uh, stories of us, uh, stories of people in the community, uh, how we interact and, and just how people are stepping up in this uh, kind of challenging, uh, dark and dreary time. But at the same time, uh, as we've always said, where there's the darkness, there is light. And I'll tell you, uh, there's some amazing people in, in the community that are uh, stepping up and, you know, uh, I, as I said, it's all about stories, but it's all about the heroes in our community. And uh, it's it's very fitting. It's incredibly fitting to have uh, probably uh, one of the biggest players in this, this whole thing in the hand sanitizer uh, um, production. But uh, very fortunate, very happy to have him with us uh, as the guest today. And we are going to uh, have just a pretty in-depth conversation here with uh, probably uh, uh, one of the biggest heroes in the community, Mr. Ben Murphy from Murphy's Law. Welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Studio audience. Here we go. How you doing, Ben? Good. How about yourself? Uh, doing well. Doing well. You know, it. uh I don't know, I guess it was about three weeks ago that uh, I got introduced to you through uh, Mr. Dave Fady uh, and the whole COVID health team. And uh, to say that it has been my pleasure, sir, to get to know you. Thank you. Uh, you to as find well. out uh, what this is uh, really all about. And uh, I mean, today, like we said, today's really for for us and for the community to get to know you, get to know what you're all about. Because I think I've only got to know just a little bit of the story about you. But uh, uh, if you don't mind, uh, just give people a little bit of background about uh, who you are. Like, I love the story that you're a guy here that went down to the U.S. on a, on a, on a scholarship. Uh, so why don't you let people in on that? Let them know who you are. Alrighty, so back in high school, uh, my final year there, I was going to sign with a, a larger school out of Wisconsin, and I ended up going on a trip and visiting uh, that school to do some cross-country running uh, for them and track. And uh, towards the end of the trip, an incident happened there that wouldn't allow me to go to that school anymore. So last-minute offer by a Division II school based out of Parkersburg, West Virginia, called Ohio Valley University, offered me a, uh, a scholarship to go and cross-country run there. So I took that in a heartbeat, and the first time I ever visited the school was when I moved in. And uh, <laughs> it was a bit of a shock. <laughs> yeah, to say the so, least. Yeah, to say the least. You hear about all these dry Christian uh, campuses throughout the, the states and everything, and the school in Wisconsin claimed that they were a dry Christian campus, and quite honestly, they were anything but. Right. But uh, this school in parkersburg west virginia with a population of like 500 students definitely was dry and everyone knew your business kind of thing so i got down there and you know started going through all the rules and the guys and girls were separated in different dorms and uh you weren't allowed to drink and anything like that so i wasn't having that 
<laughs> so I asked a uh, senior on the team at the time uh, to get me some beer from local Walmart kind of thing. And okay. he ended up bringing me some moonshine instead. Okay. And I, I dug into that. Well, uh, so moonshine from the Walmart? No, no, no. Oh, no, moonshine. Say. Like, we're talking <laughs> moonshine, moonshine. moonshine. <laughs> okay. So it came to me in a shoebox and to the dorm. And in the dorm, I ended up opening it up and got into it, loved it. The next day sucked, but it was what it was. Uh-huh. Uh, from there on, I basically kept getting it from them. And what I would do is I'd take it out of the jars and empty it into water bottles. And in emptying it into water bottles, I was able to sell it off uh, for a little bit profit in there for myself <laughs> so i'm still running at this point and i'm boxing and things down there and attending school and completing my psych degree and uh third year rolls around and i move off campus and at that point he ended up building me a small little still so i sat that still in my apartment and ran it from the kitchen stove to the <laughs> kitchen sink and it was a stock pot with c clamps around the lid and the rim of the pot to keep the pot down Male and the female plumbing adapter jammed through the lid, and then uh, just a copper pipe and going over to the Home Depot bucket. <laughs> so I kept that <laughs> copper pipe cold with uh, running water and ice through the uh, the sink there in the Home Depot bucket, and we collected all the booze that we were making at the bottom of it. So kept running that uh, through there, and we made everything from like apple pie moonshine to blueberry moonshine to sugar shine, you name it, and. Uh, getting ready to go back my fourth year i want to be ironically i want to be a police officer so yeah you had told me that yeah. yeah i was heading back for my fourth year and before the year started i had to get some corrective surgery done on my ear because when i was 15 uh just sparring uh for boxing i ended up getting my eardrum perforated and right. what the doctor said at that time was you know don't get anything fixed because like more damage can happen and it gets harder and harder to to do what's called tympanoplasty okay. to your eardrum so i go in for surgery and at that point it was going to be like okay i'm done with boxing for the time being and uh get into surgery the surgery botches i ended up getting uh sick after it and uh basically i had a small percentage of hearing loss i would have deemed me on like i couldn't get into the police um before and then after the surgery i completely lost all hearing on my right side wow so that was a bit of a shocker and you're you're going back into your last year schooling there and you like you've worked to get into the policing yeah so i'd make a decision okay what i was going to do and i i thought it would be good you know let's let's continue on with the the moonshine make it legal so i looked into how to get the license and everything through uh like the LCBO and agco and the cra and stuff and so you you finished school came home I finished school. Okay. Um, I worked very hard in the fourth year there to get really good grades that I could actually end up into a master's program okay. after that. To kind what, of, what were you down there for school for? Psychology. For so psychology. Bachelor of Science in Psychology. And then I was accepted into a, a master's program through Brock University okay. for uh, Applied Disability Studies. And that's to help people with developmental disabilities. Now, okay. my background down there was I was working with, um, like I was interning at a moderate level correctional facility and there i was a residential substance abuse uh treatment counselor shadow and then i came out of that program and i figured you know i'll go back home and to work some capital into the game i'd work another job uh, up here quite similar and that's working with youth with that have been through the judicial system and things like that and save up money that way mm -hmm. but while i was doing that i was only getting part-time hours it was very hard to you know 
get your funding. And you were doing that here in Ontario? I was doing that here in Ontario. I, my family is originally from Shelburne, Ontario. So it was okay. up there in the Shelburne, Orangeville area. And I uh, worked also with the community living in Dufferin and uh, Cedar Heights up there, which is uh, working with developmental disabilities. And quite honestly, I found more joy uh, working with developmental disabilities and being a part of that community. And Why is that? It, it was just... You know, you go from a place where you're trying to help people and people are being put into a program and into a program they don't generally want to be into people that are, you know, situated in group homes and you are their family for that time being. Okay. Like they are who you see. So they're, you you make a positive impact or you can make a very negative impact on, uh, on them. So you're, you're their lifeline to the outside world and you got to bring what you can to them to make it the best you can for them yeah and uh from there i ended up like just within a few months of working there deciding yeah like let's go and get this master's program done and uh while i was doing that i was still doing this and basically got a month into my master's program and was doing well with it and then uh this took off so i ended up getting sales out in alberta to begin with and uh that became very strenuous just on its own and then like a month later i'm selling to the lcbo and that's like the king of yes. north america for liquor right. sales if not the so world when did you uh when did you form uh your distillery here so i legally started distilling in february 2015 <laughs> <laughs> i love it so it was that was when everything came to light and okay. uh like within 2015 as well um i was up and selling in multiple provinces uh, selling to the LCBO and feeling the constraints of the small little still that I had. So now you're you're juggling between work, work, schooling, and starting a, a business. Yeah. So in doing that, I had to figure out what I was going to let go. And uh, the schooling was one of the first ones to go because it, it was an option, right? You need the cash flow to fund the business. Right. And that, like... If the business was going to keep going well, I wouldn't need the schooling. So I, that's what I did. And uh, in doing so, there was a few mishaps that happened along the way. And uh, that's how the distillery kind of garnered the name Murphy's Law Distillery. Yeah, I was going to ask you. There, there's got to be a story behind. Yeah, uh, so there, there's tons of different stories. So everything from personal life to business life to like what I wanted to do with my life, it was just all kind of going wrong in array every which way so on the the business side we we did all this work to market it to get it out there and everything else and uh first ever shipment that i sent out there was pectin that settled to the bottom so went all the way out to alberta and uh sediment happened and you know how apple cider looks when there's sediment it looks like mud so my apple pie moonshine ended up out there looking like i had a apple pie inch inch layer of mud in it (laughs) so i had to bring that back and for a startup business that was kind of like a knife in the heart type of thing because you're having to fund that whole shipment refund the whole shipment and then pay the transportation to come back luckily a, a friend of mine up in orangeville there had a truck on its way back empty load coming back here so he just picked it up for me that way and uh then on the the personal side of things i was engaged and engagement broken that way and uh for the better kind of thing you know it it all uh (laughs) it all worked out 
Um, and then we'll leave that one alone. We'll leave that one alone. <laughs> and then on the uh, the business side, again, it was just like you you all the positiveness going behind a business. You want to see the sales increasing. Well, we got to a point where the sales were going up so much that well, the distillery couldn't handle it. We were max capacity and beyond at that point. So for what the, for what the distillery could handle, what you could make. For what the distillery could handle and what I could make and right. everything like that. So now you got a good problem. A good problem, but, but you got it's a, a problem. tough problem. Yeah. yeah. So I had to turn around and figure out what I was going to do. So I went from FDA grade barrels that I was fermenting in with uh, cheese cloth bags sitting in them that are normally used for hunting, um, stuffed with worth of corn to buying these old dairy farm milk tanks and using those as open top fermenters. So I bought one to begin with and ran that. And then I bought the second one and we, like within three months of buying both of them we were again max capacity so did a complete overhaul of the distillery that nearly put us out again and you know this this murphy's law thing keeps coming into effect all the time but now we're i'm pretty comfortable in saying that we're on the right track (laughs) (laughs) hopefully no more big murphy law moments but right right wow that's a big story yeah there's yeah yeah a lot going into it yeah a lot going on and uh you're, you're you're busy here in the community you know myra very so to, to step back into that developmental world there yeah i live in a uh an apartment complex that's uh, good friends good neighbors and that is people from the community uh that come into this complex and they live around people with developmental disabilities that are more independent um than say the group home settings but it allows for there to be relatively no staffing um involved and we we just helped them out for uh, a reduced rent rate really yeah well you truly are a community hero thank you yeah yeah um and you know in, in like i said in the short time that i've been very fortunate to to get to know you it's uh i, I can honestly say that you know and i've had this conversation with with other people here that i think you're a pretty amazing person uh i got to know just a you know a a good chunk of the story that you just told me but i hadn't heard all the details uh with it um but i think what you're doing here uh uh, truly exemplifies what what a community hero is and uh i think that this community the region of waterloo and obviously uh uh, appreciates uh that you're here and what you're doing and uh we just wanted to say uh you know thank you and i i really wanted to know about how the name came along i was trying to figure out how am i going to get that in here because there had to be a story yeah there had to be there there's a lot to that story yeah Um, i bet i bet but it definitely earned its name yeah (laughs) (laughs) and that's business right like on the business side of it uh i'm just coming to learn it with with frontline forward uh we've only been open we're just coming up on a a year being open and uh boy some of the hurdles that are there uh, the valleys are deep yeah (laughs) deep deep and dark and there's nobody around you going what the heck is going on yeah like in the very beginning trying to figure out how you're going to pay certain bills and like basically strategizing you know governments first and foremost but then you got to keep the lights on you got to keep the heat you got to pay your rent like yeah that struggle is it's big it's a grind yeah it's a grind it's a it's really it's an everyday grind and there's days that 
you don't really see much of a solution there. Yeah. And then there's days that you you know, and it's like it's like playing golf. You hit one good shot in a round of golf, and you're going, ah, this is pretty good. You've you've made about a hundred other terrible shots. Exactly. That's what I I look at business as. What I'm coming to learn is like you take that one day and you go, ah, this is pretty awesome. Yeah. But there's a lot of other days that are pretty tough. Pretty yeah. Tough. They definitely, they definitely show, you know, yeah. and, uh, in this industry here, you're, you're paying 51% of everything that you make goes out in tax. Yeah. You when know? you told me that I couldn't believe it. Yeah. It, it's relatively insane. And our biggest struggle in the very beginning was making sure that the hand sanitizer didn't have the excise tax like a beverage right. on it. So we, we started up the hand sanitizer, um, you know, basically predicting that we would have to pay this excise tax because the government would want that money and uh and then they backed off on that Yeah, and you know what i just so if we could just switch gears for a second so you're you've got uh a successful business with the moonshine thank you i got peaks and valleys but you seem to be doing a heck of a job um I have sampled some of your product, uh, and it is very good. Thank you. <laughs> just to let people know. Um, and I just wanted to, uh, to talk about, <clears throat> you had mentioned before we went live there about uh, some of the competition. So I think it's important for people to understand just how big of a deal you are in the moonshine business. So oh, some you. of the competitions that you've been to. And- so we've competed in the uh, New York American, or New York International Spirits Competition. Yeah. Uh, in that competition there, we've taken numerous medals. And in 2016, when we competed, we were named uh, 2016 Canadian Moonshine Distillery of the Year. Uh, and some, thank you. Some people uh, ask, <laughs> get the clapping out. Uh, some people ask how many like other moonshine distilleries actually competed in it. And there was quite a few uh, at that competition there. Um, we managed to come out on top. Uh, but we, we try and put forth the best product we can. Now, after that, we've competed again um, at the New York competition and then uh, at the uh, Canadian Arizon Spirits competition, then in a small little competition down in Arizona. And that was like, it, w- it was more run by an influencer online. And there he, he ranks your, your spirit and just kind of, you know, puts a score to it. Okay. And we were the top moonshine there, so that was that was pretty awesome. You know, an international moonshine coming in and nice doing doing well. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's impressive that we've got uh, we've got these little diamonds in the roughs that are right here in our own community. Uh, you know, like you and and like so many other uh, important people that uh, in this time of the pandemic have have really stepped up. So. Yeah, so let's switch gears. So all of a sudden, COVID-19 hits, uh, and we're in the, the startup of, of, you know, something that we may be in this for a while yet. Who knows, right? So whatever compelled you to, uh, to switch gears from making moonshine to making hand sanitizer, and how did that ever come to be? So originally, I made it for friends and family. Oh, so you're already making it prior well, to? Like a couple of days prior okay. to this whole thing, just kaboom, you know? Okay. So I made it for some friends and family. I have a family in the healthcare uh, area already, so I wanted to make sure that, you know, they were well equipped. So what, you, were, you were just sitting around going, wonder if I can make moon or make uh, hand, hand sanitizer? sanitizer? 
I looked up a few recipes online. You know, <laughs> okay. you can you can learn a lot of stuff off of YouTube. <laughs> and then you got to, you know, back that up with just looking at, say, CDC and WHO yeah. and stuff like that to make sure that those recipes fit the bill there. Mm-hmm. So I looked that all up and did it for friends and family. And then I offered it up to Elmira Community Living um, because I knew they were coming into a bit of a pinch there as well. And so he said... Uh, the CEO there, Greg, ended up saying, yeah, for sure, like, would love to. And we did it all at cost uh, that way. And I detailed everything out so he could see it. But it was what I realized there was the importance of actually having the, the product on hand so they could equip their homes with it and uh, keep their staff safe, keep the individuals living within uh, Elmira Community Living safe and uh, in the end, keep the community safe as well and from there it just it ballooned out so uh greg did us a solid there and he ended up getting the waterloo regional record involved which was a lot of publicity really quick for us and we didn't realize it would go that way um short time after that maybe like three four days uh there was a trucking company that came to us asking if they could have some as well and basically by the end of that week we had a bottle of hand sanitizer in, in a truck in every province in Canada. So it was it was wild and this company was based out of Nova Scotia called Seaboard Trucking. So I went there and you know from there we we've helped the OPP, the Waterloo Regional Police, a lot of the police services in the area, uh paramedic services, various hospitals, you you name it. Um in that sector we've probably helped cover. Wow. That's big. It's big, yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's getting busier all the time. It is. Yeah. You know, each and every day we've got uh, uh, more agencies uh, jumping online uh, for this product. And yeah. it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. And, you know, um, so through covidhealth.ca, uh, Mr. Robert Rinaldi and his wife, uh, Sarah, Dr. Sarah Rinaldi, they formed COVID Health, covidhealth.ca, uh, connected me uh that that connection was made for me through dave fady and then i got in contact with you yep and uh i'm proud to say you know we're, we're taking a lot of your product uh, into our place the, the hand sanitizer and we're uh we're distributing that out of frontline where we're getting that out to the paramedics to our nursing homes to the midwife uh, programs that are out there it's been it's been uh you know accepted with open arms uh, yeah. a little bit at first they go like what is this stuff what is this all about um and you know uh, you've educated me uh, what what's in it what goes into making it uh but i think it's important coming from the person that actually does it rather than me but so how do you make the hand sanitizer so you take uh, overproofed alcohol to begin with so alcohol above 91 percent uh, typically we're dealing with around 95%. Uh, we take that and we end up blending it in with a certain level of hydrogen peroxide and uh, glycerol. Now the hydrogen peroxide is not just from your regular you know, grocery store. It's not 3%. What we're dealing with is 35% plus uh, to make sure that the levels are uh, accurate and correct. And then we dilute it down to 80% or 70% or 65% depending on what the, the requirement yeah. is yeah. and then we ship it out that way but basically the three components will or four components will re- always remain the same the alcohol yeah. is ethanol yeah. glycerol right. the hydrogen peroxide and the distilled water and the distilled water 
And then you, you know, we've uh, <clears throat> been very, very fortunate to hook up with uh, Home Hardware. Yes, uh, that's come into the program here and is uh, giving us the big uh, 19 liter pails that we're filling up, uh, and the uh, the one liter bottles uh, that yeah. are there, and, and the spray nozzles. The spray nozzles have been huge and key. <laughs> oh, they've been uh, they've been key, and there's been a, a number of agencies that have come forward to me about uh, that they're concerned about the the spray nozzle and the spray going all over the place, and it's like, well, no, that's what this thing's all about. That when you do spray it, it goes out, it covers a large area. You let that just air dry there, and that's what's disrupting uh, this virus right now. Yeah, so it, it's it's worked out really well now. Um, it's great for your hands. Now, if you don't want it going everywhere, hold your hand close to the nozzle. Spray it that way. There you go. Simple resolution there. But I mean, to, to cover a large area, yeah, it's perfect for it. I can still hear a West Virginia accent in your voice. I can. Every once in a while, I hear it and go, oh my gosh. Because I've, I've done a lot of uh, traveling down in that part of the, the world. So uh, it's interesting. Every once in a while, I hear it from you. I still got a little bit of West Virginia in you. So it's, uh, it's good. What, um, so with this campaign, uh, what, is it, what does it mean to you to be part of this campaign? Why is Murphy Law involved like you are? It means a lot to us. Um, for us, the, the biggest struggle was trying to find a way to distribute the product to the, a large quantity of people. Right. Um, so with the help of Frontline Forward and covidhealth.ca, Dave Fady, and, uh, and the team behind it there, we, we've managed to you know, get it out into the masses rather than having individuals have to email us or us reach out. Um, so logistically, it solved what would have been a huge nightmare and it and the partnerships that have come from this as well, the networking and like everything along those lines and seeing all the people that we can help and we are helping. It's like, honestly, a dream kind of thing because overnight it just, it blew up because of covidhealth.ca, Frontline Forward and and uh, the movement yeah. behind that. Yeah. No, that's, that's, uh, I basically, that's what it's like for me too. Like this thing is just, it just started out slow and then all of a sudden we're just and we're rapidly going faster and faster uh uh like every day we we've got more and more people like we we're getting phone calls at uh, frontline forward from uh ems agencies down as far as uh Ni in the niagara region and in appeal region halton region they're saying oh we've seen this post that you put out there or we've seen it on COVID health that what you guys are doing explain to me what it's all about and i think it's important for people to to know uh, also ben that uh the standards here are under the world world health organization yes and the cdc and cdc yep. yeah so this is the real deal this is the real deal we're following it to a t we're making sure that we have everything um you know lined up and accurate and going well and just yeah yeah above yeah. board above board there you go yeah uh, above board so what uh if you if you had a message to uh to send out to to everybody right now what would that message be from you or from murphy's law uh it's a big question that's a big question it is um just from the team at murphy's law i'll, I'll speak on everyone's behalf and I, I hope that's okay, but uh, we want to thank all the community support that's gotten behind us. Um, the people just, you know, doing everything they can to help for volunteering uh, their time to help us. And, and just, you know, in any incremental way they can, they, they try to help us. And, and that's community there. And that's community like we've 
honestly never seen it yeah. um so we want to thank everyone yeah you that's know. a great message thank you yeah and you know what uh, we want to say thank you to uh, to you from uh, from frontline forward and uh from the community at large too we were you know uh, it's incredible people like yourself that we're all coming together during this pandemic which we have to uh and we're doing uh, the good things to to come out the other side of this healthy and happy so uh, just want to let everybody know uh, to send your videos and pics to the behumankind at gmail.com. Uh, we really want to start getting that out. We want to have it out here that uh, uh, we want to hear your stories about what it's like to be, uh, to be human, to be kind, and to be humankind. So please get that in the videos uh, and, and just those statements, uh, what that actually means. Uh, we've got a t-shirt campaign that's about to be launched here very, very soon uh, with the Be Humankind uh, logo that's going to be on there. We want to give a big shout out to all our healthcare workers and our first responders that do a tremendous job each and every day uh, to uh, to keep us uh, healthy and safe uh, to Canada we just want to say thank you thank you very much for uh, for allowing us to do what we do uh, for the opportunity to share our stories uh, with you Ben I want to say thank you very much for sharing your story thank I, you. I think it's important it's it, and it's a nice attachment to what this is all about I know it's hard to laugh without him <laughs> there's a jug turning up there now <laughs> Uh, you know, it's, it's how we face uh, adversity to being together uh, and how we respond to the random acts of uh, kindness. Remember that it's okay to be anxious, angry, or afraid during these times. Uh, we're all in this together. Um, and there are places and there are heroes in our community that are doing such a tremendous job each and every day. Uh, Murphy's Law and Mr. Ben Murphy are exactly one of those. Teach and every uh, one of you out there, be positive, be safe, be kind, be humankind. Uh, and we leave you with this. Thanks. Thank you.